The following audio is from Maranatha Chapel, located in San Diego, California. For more information about Maranatha Chapel, please visit www.maranathachapel.org. All right, well, good evening. Good evening, Merry Christmas. We are so excited for you to join us tonight. It's just amazing sitting here worshiping. That's what we're doing tonight. We're not just singing ancient Christmas carols and traditional songs, but we're worshiping. And it's incredible to see in a crazy year that we've had so many that are just hungry uh, to be in the presence of God amongst the family of God and saying, I need the Lord. And we're so glad that you're here tonight. And uh, I just had a couple of thoughts. You know, I, I love this time of year for so many reasons. And one of the things about Christmas, it's interesting, on one hand, it affords us the greatest blessing to do things like this, to sing Christmas carols, to have traditional moments, and yet that blessing can also, if you pay attention with me a little bit, can also be one of the greatest challenges. And what I mean by that is every year we come and we sing these songs, and every year we revisit many of the very familiar scriptures, scriptures that the kids did such an amazing job reading to us. I couldn't help but thinking of Charlie Brown and everything else as I was listening to them. It was amazing. And so the challenge can be is that it no longer, these verses no longer hit us. And what I mean by that is we know them, they're familiar, they're colloquial, they're kind of sentimental, but we're never anymore kind of left in awe. We're never just humbled to our knees, just overwhelmed in the goodness of God. And tonight as we were singing these songs, I was just praying. I'm always praying at Christmas. Lord, I don't want this to pass me by because we all know what that's like, right? You come, on to the, you come to the other side, you're somewhere in the middle of January, it's cold, it's rainy or whatever, and you're like, what happened? Christmas just kind of went by, and every year it seems like more and more people are, they're kind of let down by Christmas, because they go into it with great hopes and great expectations. They're, they're trying to capture a memory, uh, capture something they had as a kid, an experience, whatever it is, and they kind of get to the other side, and it's just kind of like, oh, what, what happened? And what I want to say to you tonight, if that's you, or if that's been you in the past, what I would tell you is... Like some might say, well, lower your expectations. No, I'm going to tell you the opposite. Raise your expectations. And I think what happens is our expectations are far too low because we're simply trying to capture a sentimental moment. And we forget what it is that Christmas is all about because our expectations should be so much higher. And what I want to say to you tonight is Christmas is about having the highest of expectations, not because we as a pastor are saying, yeah, raise it up, hype you up. No, because God has set the highest of expectations. We just sang an incredible song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. In fact, I learned this week that song is the oldest continually sung Christian uh, Christmas carol. In fact, it was written before 800 AD. It was originally written and sung in Latin. And so tonight, Jimmy is going to sing the third verse in Latin. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> totally kidding. But I thought that's amazing. Think of all the different songs that we sing, the traditions, and hear this, this song that literally millions and billions of Christians, the cloud of witnesses, have sung over the decades and centuries. And one word stands out. We know what that word is in that song. It's the theme of Christmas. I really want to focus on just for a moment, Emmanuel. Emmanuel, oh come, oh come, draw nigh, draw nigh. Emmanuel, come near, come near, oh come, Emmanuel. One word in the Hebrew. Many of us know this word. Many of us have received Christmas cards with this word. We sing this, uh, uh, this song with the word Emmanuel. We, we know about it, but one word in Hebrew, three words in English. It means, as you know, God with us. The kids did a great job reading from the Gospel of Luke. I'm just going to read very briefly a passage of Scripture from Matthew's Gospel. And we read this, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way when his mother Mary 
had been betrothed, legally engaged to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered, meditated, pondered on these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. He goes on to say, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. That is the heart of Christmas. If you're to boil down Christmas in three words in English, it's that, God with us. One word in Hebrew, Emmanuel. That's why I say you need to raise your expectations because Christmas is about that. It's about God's desire within all of his creation to experience the blessing, the joy, the power of his life, of his presence. Three things what this tells us. Number one, he's God. When we celebrate Christmas, when we put up our nativity sets, I know many of us know this, but I want us to just think again. When you're looking at that little porcelain Jesus, when you think about the songs, what we remember is that babe in the manger, God. The God of Genesis 1 who said, let there be light and light was. The God who Job describes or is told about in Job chapter 38 when it says, when all of the angels sang and clapped their hands and the universe was created, that God humbled himself and became a man, became a baby. The original prophecy that, that, that Matthew's gospel refers to has happened in 780, 700 years. There was a prophecy given by a man of, named Isaiah, given to the people of God who were in great distress. And God says, I am going to deliver you, my people. They were being overrun. They were being, getting ready to be cast out of land. God says, I will deliver you. Your, your kings are corrupt. I will not forget you. And I'm going to give you a sign. He says, behold, the virgin shall conceive. But listen, God answered that prayer. God answered that really declaration. Not in a way like a general would say, hey, I'm with you. I'm going to fight alongside of you. God says, no, I'm with you. I'm going to actually myself be with you. And that's what Matthew's gospel declares. When the, the birth of Jesus comes, this prophecy is fulfilled. It's God. And that's what I want to say to us tonight. The God that we serve, Jesus, is just that. He's the God who humbled himself, Philippians 2, who emptied himself. He's the God who alone can forgive sins. He's the God alone that can heal and restore the lost. Everything hinges, listen, on the fact of the incarnation, Jesus being God. And when you read the Gospels over and over, you see men and women, listen, Jewish men and women, who encountered Jesus, who came away eventually, not because they wanted to, but they couldn't help but come to the conclusion that this was no mere prophet. He was no mere preacher, though he was an incredible preacher. But when they heard his voice, they realized, no, we're hearing the voice of God. When they saw him touch the blind and, and eyes were restored or the lame were given strength and they were able to dance and leap, they realized they were in the presence of God. And I want to say to you tonight, the very last people on earth who, were, who would ever believe that any man or woman could be God would be the Jewish people. They knew who God was. He was the creator of heaven and earth. It's a very, the very least likely, the last people ever to say Jesus is God are the ones who say, no, he is in fact is Emmanuel. 
Jesus is Emmanuel. He is God, but he's also God with us. He's with. That's always been God's desire from the very beginning. The Bible tells us his desire has been to be with you, to be with me, to be with his creation. And we know what happened. We know sin. We know the choices of Adam and Eve and the separation, but God has been determined. He was absolutely determined to once again restore fellowship, to be with us. And what does that mean? It means to have a real relationship. Isaiah goes on to talk about who this God would be, who Emmanuel would be. He said, for unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called what? Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace. And his government will continue, his reign will continue to increase. What does that mean for you and me tonight in 2020? To those who are anxious, God doesn't just simply blast you with peace. No, he says, I am the Prince of Peace. I alone come to to guard your mind and your heart. To the anxious who who are unsettled, he says, I give you peace, I give you myself. To those who are confused and don't know what to do, you're in the middle of perhaps losing a business, your your family's upside down, he says, I am the wonderful counselor, I will speak to you. I will guide you from my word, I will guide you with my still small voice. I'll be the one like a good counselor who will listen, but better than that, I'll also be the counselor who gives you wisdom. I'll be the God who forgives those who are guilty, those who feel shame. Jesus is the one who there in the gospel says to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven you. How could he declare that unless he was God? He's the God tonight who says, so to the guilty, to the shame, I want to forgive you. To those who are experiencing fear, fear of death and man, 2020, has there been more time in our lives where we have feared death and the media and all the things that we see? And oh my goodness, Jesus says, I alone can be the answer to that fear. My perfect love can cast out that fear. I am perfect love. I, when I come into your life, I cast it out because I want to be the God with you. Listen, God can't give you these things apart from himself. Why? Because they do not exist apart from himself. All the things that we desire, all that we need are found in him. And God has always desired for us to be with him so that we, you, me, can actually live as we are intended to be, that we can reflect the glory that he desires for us to be whole, to be, to be whole in mind, to be whole in heart, to be whole in body, to live the purpose and calling and destiny that he has for each and every one of us. Listen, he is God with us. The, the whole present that God offers us at Christmas is his presence. It's himself. That's the present. He says, you have me. You can experience me. You can know me. You can love me. You can allow me to love you. And 2020 has been crazy. One of the things I've appreciated about 2020 is I'm, I'm thankful for the ability to connect informationally in all different ways. I'm thankful that we've been able to stream and, and put messages on Instagram and through Twitter and on the website. Those are awesome. But one thing I've realized is what I need more than anything. It's not just information. I need presence. I need God's presence. I need to connect to the Lord. Those things have been great, but all those things, unless they help me to actually connect to his presence, they're they're not very helpful. In this year, I don't know how I would have gotten through this year without the presence of the Lord. And there's no way I'm going to get through 2021 without the presence of the Lord, without God with me, without God with you, without God with us. So many have discovered the joy, the peace, the patience, the power. He's the mighty God, right? He's the one who comes in power in our weakness, who shows up at the last minute. That's the God that we need in 2020. That's the God that we need right now. That's the God that we need next year. God with us. 
But there's a choice, and I'll end with this. The choice is this. The incredible blessing is God with us, but it does not say God with all. It says God with us. And that pronoun is kind of restrictive. It's not God with everybody, but when we read the Christmas story, the us, who are the us? The us are the shepherds, they're the wise men. It's a woman like Anna, the elderly prophetess widow who faithfully served and searched after the Lord. It's a guy by the name of Simeon who, who believed in the promises of God. Who are the us? The us are the humble, the, those who realize their need. That's the us. Not just everybody. God, God sends out the invitation to all, but he's God with us. And the us happens when we say yes to him. When he knocks on the door of our heart, and I know for some of you, because I've been praying, God, knock on, knock on hearts tonight. Because God wants to come in. He doesn't want to be God far off and far away, but he wants to be God alongside you, God with you. Ultimately, he wants to be God in you. That's what he does. He, he desires to come inside all of our hearts and lives. What do you need? You need need. <laughs> That's what you have to say. I, I need. There's nothing that you can offer, but you have to come to the place where you say, Lord, I, I need you. I remember years ago, when I was thinking about this week, there was this movie called Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Not a, I, mean, I don't know why I remember this. John Candy. But there's this scene when John Candy with the cigarette lighter ends up, they're trying to get home by Thanksgiving, him and Steve Martin, it's crazy antics. And somehow the car catches on fire and basically burns down. The seats are burned out, but somehow they can still drive it. They're like driving down the street. It's like, what in the world? A cop pulls them over and asks the question, sir, do you think this car is suitable to drive? And John Candy delivers a line. Well, you know, it's not pretty, but it'll get you where you want to go. And the cop instantly says, no, this car is being impounded right now. And I was thinking about that. I think that's like a lot of people's lives, you know? <laughs> no, I'm fine, you know? It's going to get me where I want to go. And there's a lot of people who think they're going to get to heaven. And God's going to ask, do you think that that's going to get you where you want to go? Yeah, it's going to get me to heaven. And he's like, no. Some of you are kind of navigating through life on your own. And yeah, you know God, but you're like in this burned out car that's not really working. Your life's kind of just falling apart. And God is saying to you tonight, I want to come in. And I want to give you an opportunity to do that right now. It would be the greatest honor in my life to lead you in a simple prayer. And for some of you, you're one heartfelt prayer away from experiencing really the power of Christmas. God with us, God with you. That's what he desires, to come inside of your life, to forgive you, to give you a purpose and a hope and a future, to give you peace, to give you power, his power, his presence. So I'd ask all of us here just very briefly to bow our heads and close our eyes. And if that's you tonight, the Bible says what you need to do is admit your need. And what does it take? It takes everything. It takes total surrender. It really takes all of you. It, it takes you saying, I can't do it, but God, I know you can. Why do I say that? Because Romans 10, 9 tells us what it means to be saved. It says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. To say, Jesus, you're Lord, you're God, you're in control, that means you come to a place of surrender. And then it also says, if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And if that's you tonight, I'd love for you just to pray this simple prayer after me. And, and for all those who would like to, just to reaffirm your vows. You're not getting saved again, but you're just like a wedding vow. You're recommitting, you're reaffirming, you're re, kind of recelebrating what it means to have God with you. You can repeat this after me. Dear Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner. And I ask you to come inside of my life. Cleanse me from all of my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. 
I want to live life with you every day. Help me to follow you all the days of my life until I see you face to face. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, I want to say to you tonight that God is with you and will forever be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. That has always been the desire of God's heart. And he'll speak to you. He'll guide you. He'll change you. If that was you tonight for the first time, we'd love for you to come down later. We'd have a Bible. We'd love to encourage you on your new walk with God. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Maranatha Chapel. If you haven't already, please subscribe for weekly messages. Feel free to share this podcast and join us for our midweek revive service held Wednesday evenings. Visit our website at www.maranathachapel.org for more information.